Boy, I remember it vividly. Uh, it was, it was, you know, it was 1985. We got good report cards. I have an older brother and my mom took us to get uh, a cassette and we could pick and I picked Thriller and it was, so it might've been 86, oh, you know, 85, 86, but I was young. Seven. I picked Thriller and my brother picked Born in the USA and we got home and listened to Born in the USA and, uh, I can remember thinking I picked the wrong album. and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and uh, we have another friendship episode. That's right. March is Friendship Month here at Set Lusting Bruce, and I have Chris and Brian joining me. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much for having us. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, this is wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I love this. This is neither one of you have been on the show before. Um, I put the call out via Twitter and you guys like, hey, hey, we can talk. So, uh, Chris, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Yeah, so I uh, just turned 40 this past year. Um, Brian and I actually met in college, and, and I guess we can get into that in a bit. But, uh, you know, big boss fan, just like everybody else probably listening out today. And uh, Brian really was the one who hooked me on to, on to Springsteen when we were in college. So this was like late 90s, early 2000s. And, um, you know, Brian has a wealth more uh, knowledge than I do on the boss himself. But as, you know, we've been friends for now, you know, 20 plus years, Springsteen has really uh, been one of the big center points of our friendship. And it's been a really cool way for us to um, get to see each other because we live in different towns. Uh, I live in South Florida now and Brian's up in Chicago and I've traveled uh, around for work quite a bit over the last, you know, 10 or 11 years, but no matter what happens when Bruce goes on tour, we pick a date or two or three and we are there. That is great. That is awesome. It also appears you may be a sports fan, Scott, uh, Chris. Yeah, I am. I, I actually work in sports, so that's been uh, a big part of my life and a big part of the reason I've traveled for the last uh, 10 years or so for work. Oh, good. We may have to hear more about that. All right, Brian, how about your elevator pitch? Yeah, uh, well, my name is Brian Murphy. Uh, I grew up in Cleveland um, and, uh, you know, went to Miami University in Ohio where I met Chris. So, you know, about 22 years I spent in Ohio and then after I graduated, uh, I moved to Chicago, met my wife. I'm a teacher. Um, I have three kids, two boys and a two-year-old daughter. That is, <clears throat> it's really interesting that I'm now like, uh, you know, like passing Bruce down to a new generation. Uh, my kids went to a, a theater camp last week and they all got to sing one song. And my oldest son, who's seven, uh, sang Ghosts. And uh, my my youngest son saying saying what he calls Shaq and LeBron. It's really shackled and drawn. Um, so 
it's 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 fun like uh i've gone through having him passed down to me to now being the guy that's passed down and one one thing i'll say about chris is that like we were going to be really good friends anyways um but you know what bruce has allowed us to do is just to uh connect you know so many more times than we would have otherwise you know of him coming into town to see me or me going into his town to see him. So we, we were already great friends before we realized that, that Bruce was something that we seriously had in common, but it's really allowed us to get together um, so many more times than we would have otherwise. Uh, that's great. I, I love that story. By the way, um, I, Ghost is not a song you would think that they would sing. So that's well done, right? Yeah, his, his uh, the, he he told me that the, the the kids in the class were not on board because it's a very long song. Yes, and that's true. Okay. Anything about five fifty, right? So yeah. he's like, I think they were bored at the end, Dad. <laughs> that's all right. Sing your own music. You got to <laughs> right. your own song. That is awesome. Um, so, uh, gosh, I. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I need to have both of you on separately so we can do a regular episode uh, because I, I'm fascinated by this. Um, the growing up and finding, you know, kind of music, what led to you, especially you mentioned, Brian, that, you know, you're, you're now, your children will be a third generation, which is yeah. so cool. Um, I've had a couple of second generations on the show, uh, so that's very cool, but I'll start with you, Brian. When did you discover Bruce and what about his music spoke to you? Um, boy, I remember it vividly. Uh, okay. It was, it was, you know, it was 1985. We got good report cards. I have an older brother. Um, and my mom took us to get uh, a cassette and we could pick. And I picked Thriller. And it was, so it might've been 86, oh, you know, 85, 86, but I was young. Seven. I picked Thriller and my brother picked Born in the USA. And we got home and listened to Born in the USA. And uh, I can remember thinking I picked the wrong album. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so it, it was, you know, I think like a lot of people my age, it was Born in the USA. It, I, I also remember at that time not loving Tunnel of Love. Like it was probably too mature for me. Yes. Um, so, you know, and then the band broke up and like that didn't even mean a whole lot to me because I was young. So the first time I ever saw the band was at Richfield Coliseum. Um, no, not the band. First time I ever saw Bruce was in Richfield Coliseum with, you know, the quote unquote other band. Yeah. Um, and that that was probably like step two in in my like, oh, man. This is something that's kind of like uh, touching my heart. Right. Um, I can remember we were, the, we, you know, me and my brother, my mom took us. We were super young. So everyone loved us because we were so young. Um, and we walked down to the concourse. We were in the last row. And we walked down to the concourse for the final song of the night, which I, which I think was Working on the Highway. And I remember him using his, I, people aren't going to be able to see me, but like That's using right. his guitar as a jackhammer. Right. And, uh, you know, people were dancing all over the place. And I had never like been to a concert, right? So it was like amazing. And then, so it was after that, that we went backward 
and we got like the river, darkness, Nebraska, born to run, you know, all the others. Um, so yeah, born in the USA was my starting point. And that first concert was like the next level. Then we went backward and then it was just on from there. Yeah, absolutely. It's snowballed. So how about you, Chris? Yeah. So my, my story's a little bit different because my story really started when I was, you know, call it like 18, 19 in college and I met Brian and here I, I meet this guy who, you know, we joined the same fraternity and all of a sudden I'm like, this guy's obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. Like, what's the deal? And, you know, I was a casual Bruce fan. I grew up going to a lot of shows just in general, not Springsteen shows. But um, so, you know, Brian really introduced me to him and, and I really got into it. And I, I would say for me, Jesse, similar to you, it was The Rising that really got me started on it. And my, my first Springsteen concert story, which is, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what show that was for Brian, but we saw him in Chicago at U.S. Cellular Field, and uh, it, it was pretty cool. We, um, we were probably the eighth car in the parking lot to tailgate that day, and we got in there, and I was so jacked up. Uh, you, know, you know, at that point, I, I had not seen him, kind of knew what set lists were, you know, waiting to hear Rosie, just like the epitome for a first concert, but what was so special about it and what is probably the most memorable thing to me about my, all my Bruce shows to this day is I had gotten, uh, gotten to become friends with a guy in the radio industry and he knew uh, little Stevie's old manager. So I, I surprised Brian and the guy hooked us up with backstage passes to that show and on my first show, we actually went backstage and, and met Stevie, uh, which, was, which was pretty special. And I've got, your fans won't be able to see it, but I've got this picture on my desk to this day, uh, which I ultimately got him to sign. Uh, he was gracious enough to sign. So it's, it's one, of the, uh, one of the coolest and most special pieces I own. But I, I met Stevie on my first show with Brian, and then that trickled down, and we've now seen him uh, you know, 12 times between us. And actually, Brian, I was thinking about this because we were chatting before, but it should have been 13. Uh, we actually missed the show because on the rising tour, when Clarence had the eye issue, yeah. uh, that, that show got canceled and we ended up not being able to see him. So it right. would have been one. More. That's uh, I, um, I have a theory that um, no matter when you become a fan, you're, you're always chasing the shows you didn't get to see. Like I had a guy on the show that, talked about seeing him you know around the time period he did not say he was there at the night you know where i saw the future rock and roll but he had seen something around that time and he you know he he said he looked over to his uh date at that night and said we're seeing something magical this 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 guy's going to be something great um but he says but i think now i missed all those shows with steel wheel and when everything like if I, if I had just known before I could have seen all those shows <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and here I am looking, you know, my first show was 2002. So I'm like, gosh, I can't believe I missed the reunion tour, the born in the USA tour, you know, all yeah. those things. And so I think no matter when you go much like when you miss an extra point, you chase it the rest of the game. Yep. I think that's how we all do about shows. Right. That's why this live series has been so amazing too, right? Yeah. Because it's finally, you know, we've been given the opportunity 
to, to hear these legendary shows that we've either never heard or heard in terrible quality, yeah. you know, and it, obviously nothing is like being there, but at yeah. least you have an opportunity to hear, um, you know, like what everybody's been talking about. Absolutely. And, um, and I think they've done a great job of releasing in all the different eras, you know, so that, um, you know, I just, um, one of the shows I do once a month is a guy named Terry Smith, who does a music talks podcast, um, fun podcast. You, you pick a song for every decade you've been alive and that's what he uses to discuss your, basically your life. So like I was born in 59, so I would pick a song in 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 on. Um, so he and I come get together once a month and we talk about the archive series. Um, so I'm listening to, um, you know, the wrecking ball and I, you know, just enjoying how much that, um, which made me laugh, Shackled and Drawn, right, is just yeah. a great song live. Yes. Uh, and uh, did, did your son rewrite the lyrics so it was a parody? He, he no, he just kept saying LeBron. You know, yeah. and I grew up in Cleveland, so I still yeah. root for all their teams, and my kids like yeah. LeBron. Yeah, and, you know, and then it just came to me. I was like, "Yeah, it's called Shaq and LeBron." So, <laughs> That's like, I now want. I now want someone to do a parody of that and, you know that's, that's, hey weird al if you're listening right that would be good yeah um so chris if you can um send me a copy of the photo and when i, I when i send the episode up i always have to have artwork and that'll yeah. be the artwork for this episode so everyone looking you can go that was the show um like had you met anyone in the band before uh brian no, I had never met anyone in the band before that. I have, we have since. And Chris, yeah. I don't. We ran into Max in the lobby on the way to meet Stevie uh, yeah. that day. I, I left that part out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I hadn't. I waited. You know, it, it, for the Rising tour, um, it was a true GA. So, like, get here early and get as close as you can. So I did like the 18 hour wait in Cleveland. It was like night four of the tour. So I had seen a show like with my elbows on the stage and Patty uh, gave me a guitar pick after the show. Um, I know I'm sounding really crazy now that I still have, uh, but I had never met anybody prior to that. Um, so, and it, and it was really like, uh, uh, like a cattle call. Right. Like we we came through. He was cool. But like we came through, take a picture. You know, did you did you do the book? Uh, I was just going to say the same thing. Right. Like the book, you know, it's next, next, next. And and I always say that um, because I've shared the story on the podcast. Um, You know, I practiced all the way from Dallas to Austin about what was I going to say. And I know he didn't hear what I said, but I've said multiple times I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. Yeah. And it was enough for me. I thought it was just enough that one, he was doing that and, you know, and, and it took hours. So he had to stand there and, you know, smile and, you know, he was, you know, good to meet you and kind of, you know, on there, but yes, I yeah. imagine. Right. I, it's, it's crazy looking back. I don't even remember what year that was, but like, I didn't have the, the money to go see him on Broadway yeah. and like meeting him during that book tour was the last time I ever saw him. Yeah. You know, and it's probably going to be another year. That's got to be, 
you know, five, six years. I, I, I don't know. I would have never guessed it at that time, you know, that I'm not, I wouldn't see him live again for another five, six years. So an episode that's come out already um, during this friendship month, um, I had four um, ladies joining me and two of them were at light of day in 2020, like February. And they were like, they were talking about little did we know. Yeah, like, right. You know, we're at light of day. We're just everything's wonderful. Yeah. And um, I had a similar experience. February twelfth, um, my son's birthday is February tenth, and so um, February twelfth, we we bought Dallas Maverick tickets, and the three of us, my wife and him and I, all went. And we, you know, we we paid a little extra to get decent seats, you know, and we're celebrating his. Um, you know, it was his 31st birthday. And so we're just kind of having a great night. And, you know, we talk about that every once in a while. No way while we're watching, you know, we're watching Luca Doncic and, you know, we're going, uh, who would have thought that in just a month later, literally the world would change. I know it's crazy. Yeah. Did, um, so you kind of, mentioned this a little bit but for the record i always say that the amount of times you've seen bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are because your economic circumstances your age where you live can all dictate that someone who you know was in college in the middle 70s who lives in jersey or philly you know are they're you know they're you know they're already ahead of the curve while someone like me growing up in Louisiana, you know, like no idea. Right. Um, so, but for the record, how many times have you seen them? And uh, Brian, let's go. You first. If, if I count the book deal, it's a, it's an even 50. I've seen okay. 40 million shows. Nice. Good. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm slightly less, but I feel good about my number, which is 14. Um, and, and again, of 14 of my shows, 12 of them were with Brian. So that's nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that, that's very cool. Yeah. And then and then another thing to add, Jesse, too, is like one conversation that Brian and I always have, which I'm, I'm sure your listeners have had, too, is just, you know, how do how do we get to see him overseas? How yes. do we how do we get to that point where we plan a trip to go see him? And that's, you know, that's that's sort of the pinnacle of, of what we want to do at some point. You know, go see him in Spain, go see him in Germany, wherever it might be. But that's something that. Brian and I talk about a lot and, and hopefully that's on the horizon, maybe 22 or 23. Yeah. uh, You know, Chris, what's funny is um, we were standing around, this is over a year ago, just kind of sitting around and talking about, you know, the kind of talks you have like, Oh, if you won the lottery, what would you do? And I said, Oh, if, if I won the lottery, I would, I would go to every, I would follow Bruce on every stop on his tour. Yeah. Can't tell you how many times I've said yeah. that. Yeah, and Linda looked at me. Linda's my wife. Like, well, you'd be gone from us a long time. I'm like, no, you could come. Yeah. You don't have to go to the shows. You could, you know, you could, you know, hike and sightsee <laughs> and everything. I'm not saying you need to go. You know, right. and I, I'm just telling you. You asked what I would do if I could, and um, it when he was down during the High Hopes tour and the wrecking ball, that kind of high hopes tour where he tooled Australia and New Zealand. And you like, God, not only are they great shows, but you could be 
that beautiful country you know you see like the lord of the ring movies how beautiful the thing is and like it's a part of the world a lot of us have never gone to um and um the owner of the company i was working for at a time um you know we're you know multi-millionaire you know and he was in his late 60s um you know and every saturday you know he's still coming into the office which is why he's a millionaire and i'm not maybe but all i could think was we'd sit there and go what if i had am i his age and i have that kind of money i'm like making a summer of australia new zealand i'm like okay i'm gonna take some time off you can catch me we'll zoom calls but you know i'm taking an extended vacation to go see this Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. 100%. Jesse, I'm, I'm trying to, Brian, I'm trying to remember what show this was, but we were, I think it was DC at the Verizon Center, and this would have been probably 2010 or 2011, I think. Um, we ran into a guy who was from overseas, and I don't remember his name, don't remember much about him, but the one thing that I do remember is I offered to buy him a drink at the bar. And he told Brian and I, he goes, I never drink during the day of a show. He, he's been to, the guy had been to over a hundred shows, you know, and and whether, you know, whether you want to have a drink or not, but I just remember him saying to me, like, I, I travel overseas. I spend all this money. I go into every concert dead sober because I want to make sure this is, I want to remember every lyric, everything he does, everything Stevie does, everything Mills does. So, uh, yeah. I love that story. I, on the other hand, the first time I went to the 2002 show, we had, you know, nosebleed seats, right? And so it was me, my wife, and then uh, two of our best friends, Denise and Andrea, they're sisters. And we've gone to tons of shows together, the four of us. And Linda's like, okay, we're going to go get something to drink. Do you want a Diet Coke? Nope. What? I don't want to have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the show. Maybe yeah. it's the first time I'm going to go, right? Uh, like, nope, nope, nope. Linda's like, I've never seen you. I'm like, no. And uh, it was, uh, so I totally get that. My fun story is he was here in Dallas on the river tour. Uh, so it'd be 2016. And um, Sunday night, he was in Oklahoma City. And the same night, WrestleMania was in Dallas, Texas at Jerry World you know, the Death Star, the AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys were. And my son chose to not go to WrestleMania to go to the Oklahoma show with me. He had never been to a Bruce show. He says, I want to go with you, Dad. You know, let's go together. We'll make it a boys' night. And which tells you, after the show, he was like, that was fun. I'm like, okay, do you want to go get a drink or do you want to do something? I just think I want to go to the hotel. I'm tired. Yeah. You know, it's like, I know. <laughs> like, um, you know, and usually he's always like, you know, two, three in the morning. Come on, dad, let's go to the bar. And so, um, so anyway, that Tuesday, Chris, uh, Bruce was playing at the, um, the arena there where the Mavericks play. Right. And so we were at just a few blocks away. We were at, uh, the, rock and roll like a cafe right hard rock cafe and uh we were a bunch of us meeting up people that had listened to the show and everything and so i was talking to a guy who actually is the drummer of the local dallas springsteen cover band thunder road and so he and i were visiting and this guy comes over with a huge wrestlemania jersey on 
with this strong Irish accent saying, excuse me, I won't try to do an accent. Were you talking about Bruce Springsteen? Like, yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, what's going on? I said, oh, well, he's playing tonight. You are kidding. He said, I have tickets when he's coming to Dublin. We were here for WrestleMania. My flight's leaving tonight. <laughs> and oh, you could, really? It was like, he was like, wow. how could I have effed up so much? Like, I could have yeah. just stayed one extra day and yeah. threw a Bruce show in there, right? Oh, that's an all-time fail. Yes, I said, oh, I, I would be calling American Airlines or wherever, like, yeah. okay, you don't understand. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you, you have to change me just a day, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Um, you got other shows, uh, stories from shows you want to share with me? Um, yeah, we got plenty. Uh, Good. I love it. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tease this one for Brian, but um, we saw Bruce at MetLife back-to-back nights, 2012, um, two two great things about that show. One was for the folks that were there. That was the weather delay night, and he played until I don't know what time. You know, he kept coming back. They're gonna shut us down. They're gonna shut us down. No, they didn't. They let him play. But that was that was a special show, and it was his, it was his mom's birthday. I can't. No, it was it. his birthday. Oh, sorry. It was it was Bruce's birthday. Yes, it was Bruce's right. birthday. His mom was there. He came out on stage. She came out on stage. That was that was a special show. But then. Um, Brian, you want to talk about the St. Louis show, which ended up being the river? Yeah. Or oh wait, no, I'm talking. I'm, no, I'm talking oh wait. Give them both, though. I'd love to hear them both. Yeah, I mean, in in, in uh, well, first of all, that that birthday show was amazing because no one had any idea how long they'd play or be allowed to play. You know, I mean, they came out at least two hours late, um, and. Uh, you know, like we had started tailgating for a normal start time, as many people did. So that crowd was real loose when they walked on stage, you know. Um, you know, In 08, we went, my ears might not be right, on the Magic Tour. We went out to St. Louis. Um, and we, right, Chris, was it 08? It was, it was, it was either 07 or 08, but yeah. Okay. yeah. We were, you know, we're young. We were 28. We were so pumped. We upgraded to first class. For me, it's the only time I've ever ridden in first class. Uh, you know, we went to the riverboat. We made some money that day. Right. And then we went to the show and that ended up being one of the like flag shows of that entire, um, uh, tour where he did, uh, I mean, he, he did. He opened it up with, uh, and then she kissed me. He did uh, Little Queenie. Oh, he wow. did like four, he did like four covers um, during the show. He did he did Mountain of Love. He did um, well. He did Rendezvous. He did a bunch of stuff that I'd never heard, and I was okay. like, yeah. yeah, way right. Yeah. And then Chris worked at St. Louis University uh, during the River Tour. Yeah. And um, so that was the smallest venue that he played on that tour. It was like 8,500 people. Um, right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we got in there early because he literally worked there and we were walking around. And again, we met Stevie and we saw uh, Jakey walking around. And that was like uh, when we saw Jake, it was he was literally just in the hallway. So like the meeting was a lot better than meeting uh, Steve or Bruce, but it was like the cow call. 
Um, and one great thing about that was we were walking down the concourse and uh, his guitar, his guitar tech, uh, Kevin, was walking past us, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, there was literally no one there. And, uh, and I was like, Kevin. And I think he was so surprised that anyone even knew who he was. And he was so, he was like uh, almost excited to talk with us too. Oh, that's you know? great. I love and, that story. Uh, not that people don't know who he is, but like, you know, we're again in Bruce crowds, like me and Chris are young. Mm-hmm. So I think he was surprised that these two, you know, 39 year old guys at that time <laughs> recognize him. All right. So anyways, not to ramble, but like, no, no, we, no. let me, let me interrupt just for a moment. Keep that thought. But I just, I, I I'm going to say this later. And it won't make sense. When Chris was at that first show, my son were driving home the next day and he said, you know, I don't know who that is. Chris throws, uh, Bruce throws the guitar to, but, um, the cowboy receiver should catch that well down. Yes. Like, you know, no. if you're <laughs> watching, it's amazing. I don't know if I've ever seen him drop one. Um, so, so, you know, a long story short, but I do think people listening will like this. We get, I mean, 10 minutes from showtime, right? And we get to the point where we are outside the door that the entire band is in. And I'm saying to Chris, we can hear Jake inside this room, like warming up, meet me in the city tonight. Um, And I'm saying to Chris, I'm like, this. All right, Brian, you you i think you've muted accidentally because i couldn't hear that can you hear him chris i can't hear you chris you're on mute um uh security comes and gets us and pulls us into like what i would go back just a few minutes here because i couldn't hear you either so uh go to uh you 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 could hear jake doing meet me in the city okay so yeah and, and me and chris are like this is going to happen like these guys are going to open this door and they're going to walk right past us and we're going to be standing right here and it's going to be you know it's we're going to get this close to every member um but like one minute before they come out security came and got us and they took us into what i would describe it as like main control or a drunk tank what uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it was glass windows plexiglass windows so I'm on, go, go. Um, so instead of having this amazing moment, we actually had to sit in like soundproof glass and watch what would have happened, but we couldn't and just be silent. And they came out, we filmed it. Um, you know, I can send you the film of it. And, you know, they huddled up like a team and said their prayer and then went out. And it, it was like, uh, it was still awesome. Because yes, we were backstage with the E Street Band, you know? We were 30 feet away, basically, and got to see their pre-show routine. And That's that was cool. something that I will never forget. Oh, I yeah. think that is cool. And then did you guys rush to your seats? Yes. Then we, just... Yes. Then we okay. ran around in, into we the get, Yeah, we, were, we didn't get in the pit that night, I remember. Yeah. We waited in line, but we didn't get in. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that is a great story. Yeah, it, it was. It was yeah. something. Um, 
What other ones do we have? I went out to uh, the final night of the reunion tour mm -hmm. with my brother and some cousins, and that was, uh, you know, not so much a story. But but what's weird about that is that we're talking about you know shows twenty one years later. Like we all walked out of the garden thinking that was maybe the end of them. You know, we go ahead. No, I just was going to tell you I had a guy that uh, was on the show earlier, late last year. Uh, we had connect through LinkedIn. It's the only guy I've ever had through LinkedIn that, you know, oh yeah, I'm a Bruce fan. I'd love to be on the podcast. And he said the exact same thing. He said he was sitting there on at in the middle of the reunion tour. And I think he may have been Madison Square Garden, but wherever it was, and he said in his mind, this is it. Yeah. You know, this is the pinnacle of my Springsteen fandom, they may every two or three years do a reunion, like a, like a greatest hits tour, like the Eagles do, or, you know, like the stones do. Uh, but we, you know, this is it. He yeah. said, and he says, if I could go back and tell that guy, you have no idea what's coming. The rising mm -hmm. magic Seeger sessions, I know, you know, a book tour, Broadway ghosts, you know, you know, letter to you, right? Western stars, like he says, I, you would never believe. I know that was just phase one of his life. I know it's amazing how how the second act, you know, ninety nine on is how well it stacks up to the first act, and and we're all you know everybody's nostalgic about Born to Run and how great everything is, but every not everything, but man, there is some. uh of his best work has been post getting the band back together without question. So I'm going to give you a Sophie's choice. Um, and I, I had this very early in the podcast, uh, me and a guy debated and I had said that I would take a live show that starts with all the songs from tunnel and love going forward. And he said, I will take a show that's darkness and four so okay. both of us exclude born in the usa uh, okay. so which would you choose um man that's tough you're getting a lot more material you've got a lot more uh options for him to come up yeah. with um i would probably choose darkness and before uh you know just because of the rarity at which I've heard that music, you know, one thing, one thing, you know, I know we're going to talk about like songs that we would love to hear a lot, but like lately he has really given us a giant, he's closed a lot of checklists for yes, a lot of people, right? I would have bet my life. I would never see New York city serenade live. Yeah. Um, and that would have been my number one for, without question. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the rearrangements. Like if he played uh E Street Shuffle, the way that he played it in Hammersmith. Yeah. Um, you know, if I could go and, and arrange the songs and, yes, and play it. this version and this version, then I would take, you know, Darkness and Before. Okay. How about you, like, Chris? I, I'd say the same thing, just because of the rarity of it. And, yeah. and me having gotten into Springsteen, you know, really late 90s. So having that stuff prior yeah. would be really special to see. Oh, I totally agree. I just, I think of all the the hearing like um you know songs from magic that you know like i only got to hear i only went to one magic show so and maybe that's part of it 
is, uh, you know, so I only got to see Girls in Her Summer Clothes live once. I never yeah. heard I'll Work for Your Love live. Uh, you know, the um, as much as I love the River Tour, um, I would have loved for a few more of those outtakes. And then, like, when you think about the Promise box set, he did very mm -hmm. few of those. You know, it would be great. I know all of us would take, okay, do a tracks live, you know? Right. Like just pick yeah. pick songs from tracks and build a set list. You know, right. we right. that would... Right that would yeah. like oh, okay and do that on video on demand yes we would be putting our money down absolutely right. yeah. me and my brother have even joked if 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 a band came out and their entire catalog was tracks they probably end up in the rock and roll hall of fame yeah. that's how good it is i think so <laughs> yeah and then uh you know and the the rumor is right he says tracks two is on the way yeah. and you'll see um i do got to give you thoughts um and chris let's start with you um thoughts on letter to you uh i i absolutely love it it's unbelievable i mean brian and i have um a little bit i think of a different opinion just on like what songs are our favorites um but um you know if i was a priest is i think some of his greatest work i think it's for me it's like an absolutely iconic uh, song on that album. Um, I mean, Ghost is amazing. Letter to You is amazing. Yeah. You know, and just to, just to segue a bit about our friendship, though, but like album release day, the night before, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm like, is this going to drop? What's going on? I'm, I'm like sending Brian messages. Like we're kind of going back and forth. And we talked at like, I don't know, it was way after my bedtime, but I remember <laughs> being like, hey, this is going to happen tomorrow. Like this is, this is, <laughs> this is real. And that's kind of like a total, you know, Springsteen freak here, but you know, having that uh, in the middle of everything that's gone on, you know, this year, last year has yes. been just something really special. You know, you got that in October, uh, been basically six months. And since most of us have been working from home and just a challenging time, but like that was just such a bright spot uh, in 2020. And it's just an amazing piece of work. I mean, even what Nils said, I think I was reading an article with him talking about how, how this is some of his best work and coming from a guy that's been with him as long as he has. Like, it really is. It's just a really special album. Yeah, what I said a lot on the podcast, and and excuse me, I, I don't know y'all's politics, but I said if I could get a new Springsteen uh, album in October, a new president in November, maybe 2020 would not be the crappiest year ever. <laughs> you know? Um, and, um, and it is... Um, but, Brian, you tell me your thoughts. Yeah, um, I mean, I love it too. Here, here's a good topic that I think you could explore, okay. you know, on, on a future show. If you look at like over his career, um, songs that start an album and songs that end an album. So your bookends, right? And and yeah. and there's a lot of like uh, crazy epic, you know, Thunder Road and Jungle Land. Um, Badlands and Darkness. Okay, so like, I think that's clearly uh, an important thing for him. Yeah. And I think that One Minute You're Here and um, oh no, we're having the, the, the brain fire we talked about. I'll see you in uh, my dreams. I'll see you in my dreams. Bookend an album as complimentary as any he's put out. Like, I don't think they're better songs than Thunder Road and Jungle Land. But the topics being as similar as they are, and just how like uh, like I mean, when I put um, one minute you're here on, 
And I was like, this is the opening track. I was like, oh man, where are we going? Yeah. This is bad. And, uh, but then Letter to You ends it with the exact same material and you are totally happy. Like you feel better. Like you're more at peace, you know, with the same loss that you felt terrible about 50 minutes earlier. Um, so whatever, that, I, I think that's a topic that's interesting to explore. That was the first thing that I texted Chris after yeah. I got done with the album was yeah. bookended perfectly. Um, that is a great discussion. Um, September was the fifth anniversary of me doing the podcast. And one topic we did is I had three or four guests who've been on the show before and we ranked our top, our top, our favorite fifth tracks on an album. And oh, so, cool. yeah. And yeah. so we already planned next September, we'll do top six that, <laughs> yeah. you know, tracks That's just great. to celebrate. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I, um, I don't know why, but I feel like if I was a priest is what outlaw Pete wanted to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, interesting and, point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love that album. Um, my wife is a casual fan at best. Um, and she, she always wants to see the documentaries because she loves documentaries of almost any subject. And when she was watching this, she's like, I like that song. Ooh, I like that song. And we've gone on a couple of road trips and we've played it, you know, and she, um, you know, just, just loves almost every song and just yeah. is really touched by it. And um, I do think it's in the only time I got mad um Chris and Brian is someone on Facebook posted Bruce needs to quit putting out new work. He's, he's, um, he's destroying his legacy. And, and I went, F you dude. Yeah. You know, first off, right. I don't know what Bruce could do to destroy his legacy short of something incredibly, you know, in his personal life come out. Right. I mean, you know, he killed, he went on a shooting spree, but <laughs> to, I, I, it's okay if you don't like the new album, but he, first off, you can't distinguish. But I think, and I agree with you, I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying it's pretty damn high quality for someone 69, 70 when they're recording it. And um, you're not sitting on your laurels. You're not doing Darkness Part Two. You're not doing, you know, Born to Run Part Two. You, Western Stars is totally different from anything he's done. And then Letter to You, he comes back. It's it's a solid E Street band, but it's different and it's covering themes that, um, you know, Marine Van Sant said. I she says I don't think it's the band saying goodbye. I think it's just the band kind of looking back at their life and being happy. Right, I agree with that. This is yeah. where we are right now, yeah. you know, and, and this, so this, these are the topics that we're going to talk about because this is our life, yeah. you know, and, and that's, it's funny because you were talking about the guy that you were, that you were talking to walking out of the garden and, and that he thought maybe every three years, you know, they would do a reunion. I never thought that. Oh, really? I really thought this is it. Uh, or they're going to do new stuff. He just, to me, was never a guy that was going to live uh, you know, in the 2000s, based off of what he had done in the 70s. Uh, you know, he's too intelligent. Um, yeah. You know, Burn and Train is another track on that new album, though. That's like, you just know it's going to be amazing live. Yeah. Um, Till I watched him on Saturday Night Live, my money was, 
you know, just I, I think Meet Me in the City is a great opening song. I just yeah. love that. And um, and so I was thinking I could just see Burning Train just skimming going on stage. And then when they did Ghost on Saturday Night Live, and I know the sound wasn't as perfect as it could be, I was like, okay, I could see them opening with Ghost now. And I would not be disappointed. No, uh, either, yeah. either either yeah. one is fine by me. The yeah. crowd yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No, I, I was going to segue off of that just slightly, but Jesse, Brian and I, the one conversation we have, especially the last few months is like to take this to the next step is like that first show, you know, how much would you pay to be there? Like what, <laughs> what is that going to cost to see him live that first night? And what is that opening song going to feel like that is going to be one of the most epic things in music? Yeah. I totally agree. And it, you do feel like if they would do a pay-per-view, right? Like we would just all over the world. Okay. Here's my 1995 or whatever it is. And we'll watch. Um, I can only imagine the emotional tears in 2022 when we get another tour and whether it's the first show or the fifth show or the 20th show in the tour, but it's the first time one of us has seen it, right? You're there, you're either in the pit, you're in your seat and they come on stage. I just don't know if I'll stop crying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Or, and for me, it's like, I'm just going to be there on Twitter, just checking for set list updates. Like, you know, just scrolling through what, what did he oh, have What can no. second, you know, wherever so it is. The, Wherever it is in contiguous yeah. United States, Chris, we, we're going to be there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, um, that's where the show's – this is where my podcast title came from. You know, you're set lusting because you're not set listing. You're set yeah. lusting as you're going through Twitter and social media like, oh, damn it, I can't believe he's playing this when I'm not there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll give you one more show story, Jesse. Please. So Brian and I, um, we were living in Chicago at the time, and we drove up to Milwaukee. This was rising. We saw him at Miller Park. And I think I'm going to get this story right. And we were in the car, and we were talking about what's he going to open with. And uh, I, 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 I believe this story's right, but like I was like, you know what? I think he's going to open up with. Um, wait, am I getting? I might, I might be getting my shows confused here between the cell and this, because um, he opened up. He opened up the first show with Adam, and then what did he open up in Milwaukee with, Brian? I don't remember. Proof. Uh, I don't. God, I okay. Now I'm gonna have to go fact check myself here. This, now, is like, you guys... this, this, this might be the most fake news story, but I'll have to come back. With no, that, no, but. no. But anyway, I called what he opened up with, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is unbelievable!" It was, it was just like one of those moments. You're like, yeah. but but it just it, to your point, like set, set losting is like it makes the show that much more fun. You know yeah. what songs one and two are gonna be, right? Like yeah. you know what you're getting. Generally speaking, as the tour progresses, then it's like. What's he going to do three, four, five, you know? Yeah. Have you guys ever gone to mybosstime.com? No. Okay. So write that down. This is a guy from Sweden, uh, My Boss Time. He has a database and you create a free account and then you go through and you select what shows you've attended. And then behind the scenes, he calculates what percentage of the albums have you heard live? What are your rarities? What oh, are cool. your most common songs? What are... You know, uh, it is, uh, it is what, yeah, it's my boss time. And it, it is, it will, it is a rabbit hole that you will go down. So, I, wish I, I wish I would have known that prior to this call. I would have been a lot smarter on it. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. Um, for example. No, um, they're all. I can't leave. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. We uh, we're totally used to this. Um, like, I just logged on real quick. Um, I just I just created my account while we were talking about yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rebel Rebel. He's only played once. I got to see it. Uh, he's done jump twice, and I got to see that once. I so. actually just watched rewatched when Eddie died uh, last year. Yeah, I watched that YouTube of him playing that, and I was yeah. like, "What a what a performance!" Like that was just yeah. epic. It really is. Um, all right, so uh, I've kept you guys almost an hour, and so I really appreciate that. What are some songs you're still chasing? I'll let, I'll let Brian go. Okay. Um, I am still chasing Frankie, would be my number one. Um, I would love to hear The Wall. I think he played it in, like, Virginia Beach with the full band. I could be wrong on that one. That is um, one of my rarities. I, yeah. I got to hear that, and I was so... Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Just so yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like that... Was it, like, super emotional? It to was. me, it strikes me as, like... Uh, you know, my, like my city of ruins always gets me, right? Absolutely. Uh, and to me, it's it's just kind of like that, uh, yeah. uh, like like just an emotional song. And then one that I think, I mean, obviously, letter to you, right? But I'm confident that I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a little. I'm not confident that I'll ever hear Western Stars, but I actually love Western Stars. Yes, um, absolutely. So those th th those would be my my top three. Yeah, I, that's great. That's a great choice. Chris, my, how about you? Yeah, my stuff's going to be more, honestly, more of his solo stuff that he just doesn't play anymore. It's like, okay. it's going to be more of like, you know, Lucky Town, Better Date, like stuff like that, that I just have not gotten because of the time that I started yeah. following him. So it's going to be stuff off of that. I mean, I, you know, Fire would be awesome. Never saw that. Um, yeah. Chris, that's actually a great call, too. I would love – I didn't even go there. I would – not to interrupt you. I'd love to hear E Street Band playing more Lucky Town album type stuff. Yeah, uh, Better Days is one of my favorite songs, and so that's definitely on my list of I would love to hear him. Funny, you know, the inaugural celebration, you know, he does Land of Hope and Dreams, which is – by far my favorite Springsteen song and then they go oh and here's uh Justin Timberlake doing better days I'm like what but different better days <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah not 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 quite the same album no not at all yeah. I'll tell you and, one and, more. and in between the two we watched Bon Jovi's career end <laughs> oh wow <laughs> shots fired I give you I give you I give you one more that is okay. in that same era but tougher than the rest Yes, that, that would be that, great. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's I like, love that song. you know, just an epic song. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like north of six minutes. I mean, that's something that I would yeah. love to hear a lot. Absolutely. All right. One last question, and then I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, I, I end every episode with the Mary question. So Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. He just recently retired. They spend two days breaking apart Thunder Road in uh, the English class. They look at all the imagery and the the lyrics and they talk about themes Bruce is ex, uh, exploring. And at the end of the two days, he asks his class, does Mary get in the car? So Chris, we'll start with you. 
does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Wow. I had no idea where this question was going. <laughs> I'll say I'll say she does. Okay. All right. Very nice. Any? Do you what? want to show? Why? Work? Why, Chris? You got to explain your answer. Uh. So you think you think an English teacher in Philly is going to just accept the one word answer? No, not from a C student. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, take my hand, riding off the promise. I mean, I don't know. I think she does. I think the whole song speaks to it, and I feel like it's it's a good fitting. You know, it's an end. It's an end that makes. It's an end that I want to believe. I'll leave it at that. That's a good answer. Yes, that is a good answer. Yeah, I want to believe that she does. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I would. Uh, you know. I would I like to believe that she does as well. And if I had more time to research it, um, maybe which, I would. Which we know you're going to do after this call. Maybe I would believe that Mary manifests herself in other songs throughout the album in a different name. So maybe she is Wendy. Um, you know, maybe she is the girl that Bruce is telling, talking about going across the river okay um you know if that story is truly if that album is truly that one long day yeah. right and thunder road is sunrise um then maybe maybe she does get in the car and join him for that day so i i too will say yes so a couple things to think about one on racing in the street she talks about being on her daddy's porch one is that the same porch that she you know, dances across. Right. Uh, and then someone's theory, uh, I've heard two people now praise this theory that Moonlight Motel is the end of their journey. That Mary gets in the car, they go down to California, they spend their life together, and that when he's pouring that shot, it's memory because memory is now past. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. That is deep. So. Yep. Yeah, I just want to share, if you do do some research, Brian, you can always reach out to me and go, okay, let's record another. I've got, I got, I got some theories I want to share. Uh, so I'm so glad. Um, Chris. Jesse, Brian, I want to redeem, I want to redeem myself really quick. Okay, sure. The, the, op the opening song that I guessed in Milwaukee was Candy's Room. Very nice. Very nice. So Good job. I, I need to redeem right. myself before the end of this podcast. You guys are perfect. I, you guys are welcome anytime. I love visiting with you guys. This was so great. Uh, any final thoughts? Just thank you. Um, th this is a lot. This was a lot of fun. It's really, you know, it's really fun to just talk about this stuff with people that, that find it important. It, it's yeah. not the most important thing in the world, right? right? We're just talking about, you know, a group of guys that play music, but it is important to us. And so it's fun. It, it, this was a lot of fun, and I really, you know, appreciate it. Well, Brian, I, I loved having you on. Chris, how about you? Final thoughts? No, just just to be able to, you know, send a guy a message on Twitter who, you know, and then all of a sudden get a response and talk about friendship, talk about the boss, connect with like-minded people. And to Brian's point, which I think is really well said, it's definitely okay. not the most important thing, but it's important to us. Yeah. Uh, do um, do you guys want to share your uh, Twitter handles or social media handles? Sure. Mine is mine is at Ohio Murphy. Okay. And, and mine is at Chris Boltink. B U L T I N C K. Okay. Good. 
All right, guys, I know I've kept you, but we're going to end with this. Now on this, now out here on this road, out on this road tonight, I close my eyes and feel some <laughs> friends around me in the early evening light. And the miles we have come and the battles won and lost are just so many roads traveled, so many rivers crossed. And I ask God for the strength and faith in one another, because it's a good night for a ride. Cross this river to the other side, my blood brothers. Chris, Brian, we are blood brothers. We are siblings. We are Springsteen siblings, and I appreciate you guys spending time with me. Thank you so much. Listeners. Thanks, Jackie. No problem. Listeners, you stay safe. Wash your hands. Remember to social distance. Wear an F and mask. Let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. For now, goodbye. We'll see you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. Set Listing Bruce. Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points.
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 